Hi, welcome to the Female Investors Project, the podcast that breaks down the complexities of investing and the market to help you feel more confident when investing. Join me breaking down jargon, investing concepts and market events and hopefully learn something along the way. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Female Investors Project. I'm still so stoked about my new intro, I think it's really cool. Thank you for joining me again for another episode. Today I am going to be talking to you about some of the stuff that isn't necessarily what you love to hear about. It's pretty dry, but it's all super important for your investing in the long term. And the sooner that you get all of this stuff nailed, the easier your investing will be for the rest of your investing journey. So let's start getting into some good habits now, get all of these things ticked off so you know what to do when you're starting an investment, when you're changing brokers. And that is all of the admin, all of the nasty signing up for things, putting your email address, making sure your TFN is right, TFN is tax file number, just making sure that everything is ticked off for anyone interested and invested in you getting your information right so that your investments get tracked appropriately and that's going to be the best for you in the long term. So one of the reasons why I actually started this podcast was to make sure that women had access to the information about investing. And that's generally all of the basic stuff like knowing what a broker is and knowing that you can invest with smaller amounts of money. That's one of the main drivers behind this podcast in the first place. However, as I've moved forward, I've realized that there are so many things still that I'm learning about that I'm uncovering. And I think that even when it's boring and stuff that isn't tied directly with making an investment decision that's going to make you hundreds of thousands of dollars, like picking the perfect stock, these are still really important concepts to know. So these are the admin stuff, the paperwork, knowing which sites to go to. So I'm going to break down these things today and give you a kind of tip on what kind of habits I would build to make sure that all of these admin things are easy in the long term. Mainly, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is making sure that you've registered your information correctly with all of the providers that register your information and then actually provide the services that you need behind the scenes. And so it's all well and good to go to your broker, give them all your details, but I learned the hard way that they don't always forward that on to chess sponsors or other people or services that need to do things behind the scenes. So that's the main thing that I'm going to talk about today. And there are lots of concepts that I may have touched on on previous episodes, but they're still really important and it's a good refresher. So I'm going to be breaking all of those concepts down as well. The main thing that I wish that I'd known beforehand about the investing admin is that sometimes you need to register your information and your tax file number more than once and specifically with your chess sponsor. First things first, what is a chess sponsor? Chess stands for Clearinghouse Electronic Subregister System and it is a system put in place by the ASX 
that allows the ASX to keep track of who owns which share or investment. And this is really important because having a chess sponsor and having your details in a sub-register means that if your broker, who's the intermediary between you and the ASX, somehow stops functioning, there is still a third party that has all of your details that can make sure that the ASX correctly allocates your shares to you. And this is really important because if we're building wealth for the long term and planning to get a six or seven figure portfolio, you don't really want to put all of your eggs in one basket in terms of trusting your broker with that amount of money because that's a big chunky portion of your wealth to lose. And that's why a chess sponsor is important. Having a chess sponsor means that you will have a unique identifier and this is called a HIN or a holder ID number, H-I-N. You can have multiple and what I've found is that you have one assigned for each brokerage platform that you use. So I use a couple brokerage platforms and I've found that I have two HINs and that's because each broker will go to their own chess sponsor and that isn't necessarily always the same. An example of who your chess sponsor might be, we've got companies like Link Market Services, Open Markets Australia, Computershare. These are all companies where one of their offerings is to actually just make sure that there's a list of people and which shares they own attached to their HIN. I found out at the end of this year that I hadn't actually registered any of my details with one of my chess sponsors. Now, this is a really interesting thing because, as I said, I've got two HINs and with one of my chess sponsors, all of my information was there. It was tied to my tax file number. And with the other one, I didn't realize that you actually have to go into Link Market Services and register all of your details. And that includes things like your tax file number, even your address, but that's usually tied to what you've given your bank or your broker anyway. But it's mostly your tax file number, your preferred email address, how you want to get all of your communications. And this was a really important discovery and one that I made too late because I realized that none of my dividends for one of my investments was being connected to my tax file number. This is also a great reminder for everyone listening that tax is due in two weeks from the release of this episode. It's due on the 31st of October. So if you haven't done your tax return yet in Australia, make sure you do it very soon. But yeah, I realized that none of my details were tied to my HIN because only a portion of my dividends were being captured by the ATO. And it's really important to do this throughout the year so that you don't get stitched up like I am at the end of the year where you actually have to fill in your dividend details by yourself rather than have it auto-filled by the ATO. And let me tell you, it's painful. So this is a reminder to go in 
find your HIN, your holder ID number, make sure that you can log in to the Chess Sponsors website and make sure that all of your information is up to date. It'll save you in the long term. You're welcome. So this is the first piece of admin that I'd wish I'd known before, that just because you've signed up with a broker, you haven't done all of the heavy lifting just yet. Just before we move on from chess sponsors, you want to make sure that you know what your broker's position is in terms of chess sponsorship. Not all brokers or investing platforms offer chess sponsorship, which means that not all brokers will give you the guarantee of you owning a unit of an ETF or the share itself. So for example, some apps like Spaceship and You'll find that often it's the micro-investing apps that don't give you chess sponsorship because that's how they keep their fees low. Spaceship doesn't give you chess sponsorship. If you're investing with small amounts of money, that's probably something that you can manage and take that risk for the sake of lower prices. However, you just need to be really informed about the decisions you're making and what the consequences are if something does go wrong. Another admin thing that I wish I'd known earlier on in my investing, or at least when I was starting out, was the amount of paperwork to be expected. You get them from the chess sponsor, you get it from the ASX, you get letters from your broker. There's just a constant stream of paperwork. Now, to be honest, while we're in lockdown, I don't mind getting a letter here and there and just getting reminded that, yes, I have enough money to invest. It's a good gratitude exercise, but I'm also, on the other hand, like there is no way that this needed to be in paper form. I could have filed this in my investing emails, you know, so there's all of that. And this is a reminder that once again, All of these paper communications are really important for your investments and it's good to keep track of them. So make sure that you aren't just tossing them aside. In terms of other things that I'd wish I'd known in terms of admin when I started, one was how much tax law I would need to know or just in general, how many things about tax would I need to learn by myself? Before you sell your investment, and for me as a long-term investor, it's not really a problem, there, there isn't much other than the treatment of dividends. So I will give you one crucial piece of information that I found very useful. And I will also caveat this with, I have Googled this question several times and there hasn't been a clarifying answer. And the only reason that I have the answer to this question is because this is how I've noted the treatment of these payments in my own personal portfolio. And that is that from my understanding, dividends are taxed at the ex-dividend date and not at the payment date. And this is really important because for a lot of my investments in the ETFs that I invest in, The ex-dividend date was in June 2021 and the payment date was in July 2021. So obviously this is a very important distinction when we go to do our taxes that you want to include all of the dividends in your FY21 tax return even though technically they were paid in the first couple of weeks of FY22. So 
that's something that will probably be useful to most of you as of next year. And also a good reminder to think about your investments not only in the context of their historic growth, but also whether they have a portion of dividend that gets paid out to you because it's nice to have. Another thing that I wish I knew was the work that I need to do behind the scenes in terms of making sure that my investments aren't growing in price in terms of the fees that I'm paying, whether that's at the brokerage level, whether that's in currency exchange fees, and even in small things like just the fees that you pay that are embedded in the price of the ETF, just staying on top of all of these little things because they compound over time. I try to set some time up like once a quarter just to make sure that everything is up to scratch and I'm happy with what I'm paying and that's in line with the investments that I made when I actually made them and my thesis hasn't changed in terms of whether this investment is still worth it. So in general, I just think that when you start investing, you need to also consider the time that it's going to take to do all of the behind the scenes stuff and not just get super excited about the fun picking stocks, picking ETFs and watching the market move. So as I said, I also had a couple of tips in terms of what kind of habits you can get into that are going to boost your ability to manage all of your admin and just get into better financial habits. I find it really empowering to be across all of my investments and my financial health in inverted commas in general. I like doing my budget, doing my investments. So if you are genuinely really interested in your investing and your money journey in general, these habits are pretty easy to incorporate. And it's also quite fun to dedicate some time specifically to this once a quarter to just keep your investments up to scratch. So the first habit that I think is really useful is to get a genuine, literally a physical folder to store your documents in. Whether this is for tax time, whether this is to track the purchase price of your shares, whether it's to track your holder ID number. They're all important documents. Anything that comes from the ASX, your broker or your chess sponsor should be stored away somewhere safe. If you don't like storing any paper notifications, maybe consider scanning all of this information and keeping it on a digital folder or a cloud, along with all of the important emails that come with the information that you purchased your stocks at. It's really important. Another thing you might want to consider is getting an app that does all the hard work for you. I know that there are lots of them. The first one that comes to mind is ShareSite because I hear ads about it all the time. And they manage the taxation of your dividends versus capital gains. They manage the treatment of your shares, any fluctuations in exchange price. In general, they also just give you an overview of what's happening in your portfolio. By no means am I sponsored by this product, but I thought it would be a good idea to talk about some of the products that exist for you to think about what you need from your investments 
and what you need from products to get you to the results you want from your investments. And then my final tip, and this comes from someone who genuinely loves spreadsheets, and I know that that is not a common sentiment, but I'm genuinely surprised that it isn't a common sentiment. But get a spreadsheet and track what you're buying, what the purchase price is, at which date. This is going to be really useful when you sell your investments and you need to give your accountant or even worse, do all of the calculations yourself and tell the Australian Taxation Office, this is what I invested in seven years ago. It's a lot of work, but with all of the money that we'll be making in the long term, hopefully it's very much worth it. That's about it for today. I hope you've learned something about all of the paperwork and the hidden admin behind investing. If you're looking for something a little different, I am doing a series on the ASX 200 and that is on my Instagram. Please go and check it out. I feel like I am slowly becoming a master of video editing So I could be the next big YouTube star, (laughs) just kidding. But yeah, it's a very fun and challenging new medium. So I hope you find it useful. I found it super interesting and I'm definitely learning more about the ASX 200 just when I thought that I couldn't learn more. Then again, My investing journey has been all about learning and I hope yours keeps to be all about learning. You'll hear from me very soon on this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Everything you heard today was general in nature and a reflection of my personal experience and opinions only. None of it is financial advice. I'm not a licensed financial advisor So please contact one if you need to before making any big financial decisions. I'm all about making smart, well thought out decisions with your money. So do your own research before considering any stocks or products I may mention on the podcast. Oh, and don't forget any legal and tax implications that may arise from your investing adventures. I hope you had fun. See you next time.